Hello everyone, this is Donovan LaCroxy. Welcome to episode number nine of the podcast. Today on the phone debuting, I've got from Luke's Tailored Tutoring, which is in Ontario, I've got the founder, Menelik Luke. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Donovan? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for debuting. Yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to keep this going even during this, uh, the circumstance that we're in, so congrats on that. I've interviewed Menelik Luke before on a radio station listeners that I work at, but he's debuting on the podcast, and today we're going to talk about Luke's tailored tutoring. We're going to talk about education, because I do believe it's important, and we're going to talk about the future of education. So this episode is Let's Talk, the community episode. So we're going to talk about the community, education, and the kids. So I'm just going to get Menelik to introduce himself again and how he came up with the concept of Luke's Tailored Tutoring. Yeah, so I've been running this education company for the last 10 years. So since around, or actually the last eight years, since around uh, 2011. And basically what we do is we help students um, all from kindergarten all the way to post-secondary in various subjects like math, English, science, and we also help out adults with career changes as well or career development. So that's basically how we operate within the community. We do it in the Durham region and also online as well. Yes, and for those listeners, again, that don't know, Durham Region is in Ontario, Toronto, Ontario, part of the greater Toronto area. But Menelik Luke can help everybody around the globe on a global perspective. So it's not for just Toronto, in case listeners might say from overseas or the States, well, then I don't need to listen. No, you do need to listen because it's about your the future of your children's education. How successful have you seen results in the 10 years of Luke's tailored tutoring? Yeah, so uh, we judge success in two ways, but on a business level. So the number of students that we get, so the, the interest level, and the actual, um, how well do the students do in their class. So um, we have students, like last year, for instance, all of our grade 12 students went to university. Uh, we're glad to be a part about that as well. And it really depends on the students' um, their goals. So if a student comes to us and they have, they're like they have a 40%, the likelihood of them getting to 80% if they're after midterms is not likely, so they may aim for a 70. So in terms of them actually going to reach their goals, we've been 100% on the students reaching their goals. And then we also have students who have like 75 looking to finish 80. We're very realistic on the goals that we do. So in terms of us hitting the goals and satisfied um, students, it's been um, nothing but great success. And then um, on top of that, since 2011, we've serviced over around 800 plus students. So we're we're doing pretty good with that as well. Yeah, that must be amazing. Now, how different do you find now that we're in COVID-19 restrictions? What has changed? Because, of course, you cannot see them one-to-one. Well, slowly in Ontario, it's kind of the restrictions are loosening, but it's not going to be the same. What have you noticed the difference in, even though it's moved online, and you and I have talked about it, we were kind of going there, but what's different now? The, main, the only difference is that we just don't see the students in person. Um, so we're probably not going to change that until maybe the beginning of next year because what's going to happen is a lot of businesses are going to be opening up fully 
person to person in September. And for what, just personally, what I predict is the worst case scenario that they went, once things open up, there's going to be a second lockdown. So I would rather just keep the students in tune and working online and just stay accustomed to that. And once in the new year, if everything goes back to normal or things stays normal, then we'll, continue, we'll move it back to in-person. And how are your on, how has online been for the students and the tutors? It's been great because we've always had that online platform. So for the tutors, it's it's been a challenge for them because um, with some of the younger students, we don't usually recommend online be, uh, just because it's, it's more of an independent way of learning. But they've raised, they've raised for the occasion and the students are doing well. And in terms of the students who are a bit older, um, it's, it's just a maturity level thing. So they've always uh, been able to cope with that. The younger students, just need a little bit more coaching and a little bit more um, guidance. But to be honest, they've been, they surpassed my expectations, so they're doing great. Now, Doug Ford made an announcement the other day for those in Ontario, you probably already know, but to the Globe, um, the Premier of Ontario made an announcement for changes to the curriculum. Now, when you heard that on the news, what was your reaction? I know you and I have talked. You're kind of not surprised, but do you want to give your the listeners a little glimpse of what was your reaction to his announcement? Um, I wasn't surprised because this was always coming in the works. Um, the Ontario curriculum, as for math, especially, especially hasn't been updated since 2005. So something was bound to happen. Um, and we've already been helping students with financial literacy especially like we actually started our program for financial literacy in 2015. So it was, it was geared at first to help students and then be expanded to adults. So it, it, it wasn't a big change for us either. No, it wasn't a big change. So nothing really caught you off guard. And like, and listeners, that was, so 2005, that was when I left high school. The curriculum hasn't been updated. But do you think getting rid of the EQAO testing is... Do you think it's worth it or no? Yeah, it's worth it because they need to revamp it. If they're going to change their curriculum, the EQL test that needs to be changed as well. And if they don't find, if they don't actually go through a full school year and, and see where they need to improve upon, there's no way to really test it because the people who would be marking or sending out these tests don't even have a new test created. So there's no point in testing the students if even the testers don't know have anything yet. So it's it's best that they do remove it, maybe at least for a year, see how the students react to it, and then figure out a new way to test it accurately. So they do need to remove that test for now. What do you say to parents that they may not be happy with the Premier's announcement the other day that they're saying... I don't have time for all these changes, or I'm really worried now my child may not do as well still. Uh, well, there's no reason for them to worry because they're not the one actually teaching their, their child. They have professionals who are teachers who will be teaching their child. So whether they have the time or not, it's really not up to the parents. It's up to the teachers in the, in the classroom to be able to do their job effectively. Because even with the curriculum right now, there's a lot of parents that can't help their students. I mean, help their children, right? So there's great math that some parents can't do. I know that because they told me they tried to help their students or their children and they, they weren't able to do it. So 
it is really not going to be that much of a change, to be honest, for the parents. Well, no, I just asked because some parents want to get involved in their children's education and they feel like, you know, they're still not understanding when the teacher teaches it and some parents can't afford tutoring. What do you say to that? Yeah, so the best thing they need to do then is speak with the teacher. And if, if it's not helpful, speak with the principal because there's always an alternative um, that is out there that the students can get help. I know there's before and after school programs with COVID going on. It, are those still happening? I'm not 100% sure. But maybe they still have before and after school programs, obviously not in person, but online. So, I, again, like, for instance, my parents, they come from the Caribbean. And the way they do math in the Caribbean versus here is completely different. So it wasn't always that they had the ability to help me with it, but they would always guide me in the right direction. Maybe they used YouTube or they asked me to go in school early. So it's, it's kind of that same scenario. Yeah. What do you want to say? Because you guys do work with international people too online. A lot of listeners might think it's only related to only Toronto. But what do you want to say to the listeners that say, you know what, I do have a child that's struggling and I can't find the best tutor and I don't find my teacher or his his or her teacher is teaching effectively. I find the math very complicated for my son or my daughter. I've looked every tutor, I've talked, I've been at every meeting, and they're still not doing well. What do you want to say to the international listeners? I would say if you're international and your goal is to, say, come to Canada, um, then definitely we can help you out with that. If you're international and you're looking to get help in, like, basically you want to go to school in your native country, you send us an email or give us a call. And we're going to see what we can do because we want to make sure at the end of the day that we can actually help you out. Um, if it comes down to a thing where um, you're international and your teachers are being able to help you out, just remember that that's not the only person that you can reach out to. So if you need help from us, you just need to send us your work beforehand and then we'll let you know, yes, this is something we can help you with. Or, you know what, we can't help you, but here's another resource. So as long as they send their syllabus or their course outline, we can definitely determine if we can help them out, and that's what we've been doing so far um, in, in countries in the Caribbean, um, in Europe, and we've also helped a few students in Dubai with English. And what do you want to say to the states, too, where it's just they want to do the online thing? Because I know you do online as well, too. They just want to do online, and they think it might work for their child. What do you want to say to them across the border? They need to do a trial session, so or discounted trial session. So basically, the only way to know is if you just try it. But what we do is, personally for my company, we offer three introductory sessions, which are discounted. So that way, at the end of those three sessions, if you feel like our company model is not right for you, there's no obligation to continue past those three sessions. And then the sessions are one hour each. However, if you find it, inter if you find it um, entertaining, it, it keeps the students engaged, it, it keeps them um, come on to come back, and they find the help useful, then you continue past. So the only way to really do it is if you try it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, now, can I ask you this? Like, why are students falling through the cracks even before COVID had happened? Why do you think students have fallen through the cracks in the education system in Ontario? I can, let's, let's go with math because we're on that topic. You got to think... You're learning a lot of these um, math past grade eight, 
is there's a lot of redundant stuff in the program where you learn about slopes, tangents, um, derivatives, a lot of the stuff that you you won't even use in your workforce, and they're not practical to real world. And the only time you use them in the workforce is if you're like an engineer, mechanical engineer. But even if you go into certain sciences like health sciences, you really don't use that kind of math. So students are not dumb. They know this. And they fall through the cracks because they're just like, well, the likelihood of me using this is not likely. That there's no point in me even trying to learn it. So they do fall through the cracks because it's just just a lack of interest in trying to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a lack. And why do you think they're falling through the cracks in their literacy skills, too? Because that's where the literacy tests came for those listeners that don't know. In 2000, I believe 20 years ago, they introduced the literacy test. And I believe when they first introduced it, more than half the students failed. And then for the second year, I believe I was a part of that second year, I had to pass it. So if I didn't pass it, I couldn't graduate. But why do you think students are falling through the cracks in their literacy? Um, I would say the same thing as well. It's something that, let's just say, our parents didn't have to do. And they're, they're doing great. And it's just like, it's not an end-all, be-all kind of thing where students know if they don't pass it. Well, as of right now, you don't get to graduate high school. But it's, to them, it's just like, it's not the most important thing on their checklist. So if they make it more practical, where the students say, like, you know, if I pass this, this really leads towards my next goal, then they would be more interested, and I think students would do better with it. It's just, as of right now, this it's kind of like another test. And if they, it's like a test on a piece of paper. If they pass, they pass. They don't, and if they fail, they fail. And there's no real consequence. They don't really see that consequence of failing it. Mm-hmm. Now, when they come to see you, right, and you do the assessment, and we're going to talk to in-person for the people that live locally in the GTA, what are the three keys you want them to remember? Um, so we, we, we have four, we have four corners basically to our approach. And one of the things that they have to remember is that they're a part of it. There's the student, the tutor, the teacher in class and the parent. And as long as that all four of them are on board, we've seen the highest success rate. So we want to make sure there's an open communication between those four parties in order to facilitate the student's education. Yeah, and what do you say to students that say, you know what, I was just forced into this, my parents forced me into this, I am interested, I know I'm not going to do well anyways, because some students have self-esteem issues, and it can go deeper into mental health where they don't think they can do it. And to be honest, not every student can do well in every single subject, because you can't be great at everything. However, there are certain goals that we need to meet. And getting through high school is definitely one of them. Getting through elementary school is definitely one of them. If they want to get to their dream job or they want to do what they want to be able to do in their off time, they're going to need to at least pass high school to show the world, hey, look, I am competent and devoted enough to get through this. And what I tell students is this. Um, you may want to work the 9 to 5 to get there. you got to go through high school. But if you're working 9 to 5 and it has nothing to do with your hobbies, Working the nine to five will be able to pay for your hobby. So it's a way of independence and 
you don't have to be the best at it. You just got to get through it enough so that way you can get to your next step and stone. And that's the way I approach it in a realistic manner. So see students listening right now, and there are any students listening, you do need your high school diploma. That's not an option no more. So some of you students say, oh, man, I'll just drop out of high school when I'm 16 or 15. My parents ain't going to care. No, you need high school. What do you say to those kids right now? They're listening and they say, I'm not interested. I'm interested in dropping out of out of high school because it's boring. I'm not getting anything out of it. It's like, like I said, there's going to be a lot of things you end up doing. If you drop out of high school and you start working, there's going to be stuff in work that you're not going to like to do. But you're going to have to do it if you want to keep that job. So, like I said, there's going to be a lot of things you're not going to like. High school might be one of them, but it, it really isn't an option. You have to get through that. Mm. Because if you don't get through that, you're going to be on a long road in life where you don't like stuff. And there are people who get set CEO status or make them out of money without having a high school diploma. But then, on the other hand, there's a lot more who don't get that mm. opportunity. So that's not really that's not an option. Not an option, students. So again, not an option. Parents, if you are encouraging your kids to drop out of school, listen up. They're not dropping out after this interview. (laughs) Retalk to them. Now, what do you say to the younger children? Let's go to younger, let's say six or seven. And you know, my kid has ADHD and I want to get them registered for Luke's tailored tutoring, but they're jumpy, they're giddy, and... You know, I'm scared that you guys may not be interested. What do you say to that? You just need to let us know well in advance. Like, if you're, let's just say it's summertime, like right now, summertime, and you need someone for September, you need to let us know way in advance because we need to make sure we have the right uh, staff on board to be able to help that child correctly. So if they're giddy and they like to jump around and they don't have that much focus, it's okay that there's someone out there who's gone to school who's a trained professional who is looking forward to work with that student to test themselves and to be able to help that student. So it's, it's no issue. You just got to let us know way in advance. How are your success rates for people that deal with ADHD? Very high, actually. So our success rate for that is 95%. And the reason why the five percent that uh, we haven't hit, it's, it takes a, it takes longer with some of the students. ADHD is not the same between each student, so there's a spectrum. So if it's very, if it's a very, um, um, if it's very high on the spectrum, then then the likelihood of someone being able to help that student successfully um, is not as likely as someone who's lower on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So. There's a wide uh, variation. Some students who have who are higher on the spectrum can't sit down for that long, so they need to be doing something active while they're learning. And in some cases, depending on where that student lives, it's just not physically possible to get that done. So, in terms of the success, successful success level, it's around ninety five percent. Wow. So that is really yeah. high. So then there's really no no excuse. Parents will probably think, well, I'm scared you won't take my child or you might send him back saying he has ADHD. We can't work with it. But if you're saying they're, they're highly successful rates with ADHD kids, then they don't really have an excuse, right? That's it. Yeah. And 
I don't think it's parents making an excuse. I think it's just parents have been turned away so often that it's just it gets exhausting to the point where they think there's no one that can help. It's it, and that that is partially true too, right? It's, if a parent comes to us and they say their test their child's a test next week, or oh by the way they have ADHD on the higher spectrum, now the likelihood of me finding someone who I'm confident with can actually help the child is not as likely. So if the parents are in that situation, then yes, the parent can do something different. But there are some parents who live in an area where there's just no professionals and doing it online is really not an option for them. So I do understand it from their perspective as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now let's jump to college. Let's say, you know what? This maybe, for example, this September, it's just looking very bleak. We don't really know if there's going to be I, I succeed when I'm there. What do you want to tell people? Because right now, as we were talking about earlier, the culture is going to change where there's going to be a lot of shifting to online learning, online teaching. And if I'm a college student, let's say I'm Donovan, I'm 18 years old, I'm very discouraged because I need to be there. What do you want to tell me? And I'm not uh, 18. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't need to be discouraged at all. You need to take this opportunity and seize on it. There's a lot of companies right now who are going under. And they're looking for people like yourself who um, can do an internship, an unpaid internship. Do I usually advertise unpaid internships? No. But this is an opportunity to take where if you're going to go to school to learn something and you're not physically able to be there, then you're not going to get that hands-on skill, especially if you're like in a hands-on program like construction. However, if there's something you could do while you go to school and work with a company and they can give you all the theory base until you're able to get that hands-on, that's probably the much better way. So if you're more discouraged than not being in the classroom, then speak to a company that has the practical work. And that way, once everything is said and done, you can actually go and do an internship with them and get the and get the hands on, because I don't think like there are some companies out there who are still operating, for instance, with hands on, but schools aren't. So you can still get that hands on. It's just finding that company and making sure that they're one of the essential workers, essential companies. And they may be able to take on some students. I know, especially right now, things are slowly opening up. This is the time to see that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Do you guys do other subjects too, like science as well too? We do science, uh, math, computer technology, and languages mm -hmm. as well. How how are people succeeding with the sciences? Any stories there of people succeeding with science? Because a lot of students do struggle with science. When I was a student, I really struggled with science. Yeah, there are a lot of success stories. I find that with science, science especially is very theory-based. You have in class and labs, but the majority of it is theory-based. So one of them is in, for instance, chemistry. Um, you learn about organic chemistry, and you don't actually get to see any of these substances or in their physical state. So you basically have to write out carbon and these different um, elements from the periodic table but never really get to see them. So it's being able to put it in perspective using YouTube videos instead of memorizing formulas. And it's, if you're able to use visual or even tactile forms of learning with these students, they end up doing much better. Mm -hmm. 
and the success rate of the sciences, any sto quick stories you have of one student, you can't give their name, but one student that you say, you know what, you've really come a long way. Yeah, so we've had, we've been working with a student, um, this is going to actually be our fourth year work with them. We started in grade nine, and science was not something that they're looking to do. You could actually drop science after grade 10, I believe. And they're actually taking grade 12 physics right now um, online because of COVID. And they're doing really well, and they have about 91, 92. Ooh. So they went from not lying like in science to being like one of the top grades in their physics class. So they're doing pretty good. Wow, wow, wow. See, there's nothing impossible, he's saying. If he can present that story, that is really good. What do you want to say globally to the listeners? What do you want to say to the people with kids, teenagers, young young ones, like six, five? And what do you want to say college, university, or what do you want to say to people that want to change their profession, but of course they need help with Luke's tailored tutoring? What do you want to tell everyone globally? I would say everyone that's not in the profession right now is to enjoy the learning process. Don't rush anything. I know in your elementary school, one bad grade may make you feel bad, but just because you're not doing well as a student doesn't make you a bad person. So being able to separate those two, if you get in 70% or 50% of your test, it doesn't make you a bad person. It means that you can improve as a student. So that is one thing I want to put out there. And when you get to that high school level, you're looking to graduate, don't rush to go to post-secondary if it's not for you right now. There's many people who do a four-year program and after the four years find out it's not good for them and do another four years. So instead of doing that initial four years, um, instead of rushing into that, do volunteering, do internships, find out what you like and what you don't like, especially if you do that during high school, and then figure out, take a year off, two years off, and then go if you're in that situation. Uh, um, sorry, adult and professional careers. If you're in something, just remember your job doesn't define you. If today you want to be a mechanic and then tomorrow you want to be a waiter or the next day after that, um, you're thinking about joining another industry, take it step by step because just because you went to school for something and you have the skills in one thing doesn't mean that's your job forever. So we can help everyone with that if you come to us and you can walk them through the process. Uh, do your assessment, put a plan in place, and then we go from there. And I'm glad you point out that just because you're not doing well in school right now, that doesn't mean you are a bad person. I'm glad you threw that out there. And we're not saying you're bad if you're doing, I'm sure Menelik is not saying you're bad if you're getting 52s or 63s. And what do you say when people are getting 52s, 60s, and they tried everything? Well, we just we find out a way it doesn't work, so we got to approach it differently. Some students see the students who are getting 90s, 95s, and try to do the same thing they're doing, but it doesn't mean that way is successful for everything. That's why we have the, the part tailored in the name of our company, because it's really based on what you like to do, and we try to figure out how to do it that way. If you're a visual learner, and this, the kid is getting 92% in your class each, and they're doing stuff that are not... Um, based off visual learning methods, you're not going to get that 92. So you, you've got to figure out the way it works best for you, and then we'll go from there. And throw out those four corners again, the main four corners again, in case parents are wondering, what are your key four corners again? 
Yeah, the key four corners are the student. It's like a square, so you think about it, and there's a, all the lines connect them. So there's the student, the tutor, the teacher in the class, and then the parent. And as long as all four people, or all four parties are on the same page, that student will have all the support they need to do their best. Yes, yes. Do you want to throw out your platforms, the website, and everything? Because I know there may be parents that do have questions, whether they live locally here in Ontario, or maybe they're international, or they're people across the border that might say, you know what, I'm interested, let me get in contact with you. Yeah, so if you have some questions, you want some real answers, honest answers, you give us a shout. Uh, Instagram, our name is Luke's Taylor Tutorin, so Luke's with an S and Taylor Tutorin. Uh, our email is Manilek at Luke'sTutorin.com, and Manilek is spelled M-E-N-E-L-E-K. And then um, our website is Luke'sTutorin.com, so Luke's again with an S. If you reach out to us, we'll tell you exactly how it is. And again, that's what students, especially of younger ages and all ages, that's how they like to be approached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you want to say a final message to anybody going back to school September 2020 to 21? Do you want, what do you want to tell them? A key tip from you? I want the key tip is you got to start from now. Take this opportunity as everything is in chaos. Have a plan where you want to look at companies that you want to work for and start to approach them from now. Because unfortunately, a lot of people are being laid off, especially if you're in your senior year. You want to approach these companies and say, hey, look, is there a way that I can get in when things start going back to normal? And if um, you're, like in your, you're going to your second year, third year, look for this is the time to look for internships to build your portfolio. So you're going to be going back to school. The academic part, you can't control that because it's up to your institution whether things are going to go back to normal or not. But what you can control is getting that, ex that real-life experience to put on your resume for when you graduate. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. And the tutors, what do you want to tell the tutors working for you, or what do you want to tell the tutors all across the globe? The tutors working for me are doing an amazing job. So that's, those are the ones I can speak on. Um, we literally had to make changes overnight sometimes. And I send out a communication, they respond very quickly, and it's such a seamless transition. Before COVID, I could tell you exactly what was going to happen week by week. Now, during COVID, it's like we got to take it a day at a time. But they, their response rate, working with students and being able to adjust, has made my job much easier. And the, the students and the parents have seen that as well. And the reason why I say globally tutors is what do you tell tutors that, let's say, they are discouraged that their business kind of isn't what it was before COVID. What would you tell them? I would say you have to you just get with the times. You got to go online and you got to start from scratch, build the fundamentals, because this is an eye-opener. A lot of parents are going to see the benefits of not having to drive their kids to sessions or not having to have someone come to their home. It just, it's just more convenient. So even though things are going to go back to normal, get on the get on this new wave of doing stuff online because something happens again you don't want to be at a loss mm, mm. well listeners education overload but it was good it was good this was a good interview how are you feeling about it man manalek 
It feels great. Um, it's so good to be able to speak and reach out to people, and hopefully they gain some information. They can use this uh, moving forward. Yes, yes, it's so good to get to know you. Thank you so much for debuting on the podcast. Absolutely, and all the best moving forward. All right, this is it for episode nine again. I'm Donovan LaCroixie, and if you do want to reach me, D-O-N-O-V-A-N and L-A-C-R-O-X-I on Instagram, you can reach me there, or I'm on Twitter, Donovan LaCroixie at Twitter. Thank you so much for listening and i want to thank menelec again from luke's tailored tutoring make sure y'all check him out take care